Listen. Are you listening? <laughs> This is the sound of my country. This is the sound of Taiwan. Okay, turn around. Get around. Okay. Taiwan, a small island with a whole world of sounds. Thanks for joining us on Radio Taiwan International. I'm Tomasz Koper, bringing you 50 minutes of English language features. Up ahead in today's program, we have Shirley Lin's Jukebox Republic. But first, we begin with Here in Taiwan. Hello, everyone. Today is Friday, February eighteenth. Already, oh my God! Like, how is it almost the end of February? I know. If、right? you are watching us on Facebook, if you are listening to us through shortwave, it is Monday, February twenty-first.、Mm-hmm. Um, I, <laughs> I'm Tomasz Kopar again. Sorry, <laughs> I'm trying to get through a mental checklist of things that I have to say in this intro. <laughs> Good. I'm joined in the studio by. Uh, Shirley Lin. Hi there. And today we're going to look at some pretty interesting stories.、Uh, we have one that is actually、uh, kind of important for、uh, foreign residents here in Taiwan. We're going to be looking at some new permanent residency rules.、Uh, we will also be seeing if、uh, investing in trading cards is a good way to save money for the future. Right, and Thomas and, is probably an expert in that. Not、uh, me, though. Except I don't really <laughs> collect anything. <laughs> And then、uh, we will be looking at my favorite story of today's lineup, which is、uh, Taiwanese police apprehending a thief that stole items of immeasurable value. <laughs> All that and more in、uh, coming up in the next 25 minutes. Don't go away. So, Shirley, could you tell me a little bit about our first story, which is、uh, permanent residency for foreigners, which includes me, actually? Oh, yeah, you're right.、Um, yeah, I'm excited about this news, actually, because、um, uh, it's talking about the government approving a permanent residency plan for、uh, migrant workers and foreign graduates. And so we're talking about,、um, you know,、uh, migrant workers probably employed in the fishing, manufacturing, construction, and agricultural food, food farming, and also as caregivers. And we have many of those、um, here. We appreciate those people helping out with,、uh, you know, those in need, especially the elderly,、mm-hmm. um, you know, and family members. And、um, so the plan is going to go into effect in April. And the first step in the process for eligible persons would be an application by their employers. To have them classified as intermediate skilled manpower, okay. Okay. And、uh, in the case of migrant workers,、um, uh, they would be eligible for that if they have been employed in the designated fields for at least six years. After which, they will have to work another five years at the level before they could apply for permanent residency. Now, it seems like a very long. That's that's eleven years total. Yeah. Process. <laughs> Yes. What are the current rules?、Uh, I've heard、oh. that after twelve、uh, years,、uh, that w-、uh, they migrant workers 
have to go back to their uh, home countries. Oh, 12. Uh, yeah. It was right, 12, 12 or 14 off the top of my head. I, I, I can't remember. Probably 12. Because mm-hmm. I know I had a friend from the Philippines and he was here for, I think it was 12 years. And he actually has family back home. Mm-hmm. And uh, he uh, just a couple of years ago, he, he left Taiwan and went back to be with his family. Um, but, he, you know, he was here for so long. It's like his second home. And we loved him a lot. But, um, yeah. Well, I've only been in Taiwan ten, ten and a half years. Okay. Uh, so I, and I, I can't really imagine having to leave in a year and a half, like having that in the back of my head all right. the time. Yeah, right. So, anyway. And, um, yeah, so that sounds like a really long process. But um, then they're talking about foreign nationals who graduate from Taiwan University. Uh, with an associate degree can be classified immediately as intermediate skilled manpower on their first job once they are at least earning uh, a thousand a little over a thousand us dollars per month Mm -hmm. okay on their first contract and then after five years of employment then these graduates can apply for permanent residency in time but by that time their salary must be at least a thousand eight hundred us dollars a month I was kind of, this is really... That is... The, the, the requirements you know. are pretty tight, I'm going to have to say. <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, it, not that... I mean, uh, for North American listeners, $1,800 per month may not sound like that much. Mm-hmm. But the purchasing power of uh, one's salary is much higher here in Taiwan. I mean, yeah, um, 1800 that's 50 thousand nt and change right mm, am i mm. am i doing the math right yeah which yeah, uh, yeah. yes for a migrant worker might be a bit a bit much, much. actually yeah 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 so um i think that applies to like uh graduate students mm-hmm. at uni- universities so well, i was a graduate student at the university mm-hmm. you don't sorry I was a graduate student oh, you, at, at you university. Oh, you can definitely earn more than 50,000 NT. Well, the thing, the thing is I wasn't <laughs> because graduate oh. student at university, uh, students at universities uh, have a, a limit of on how many hours they can work per week on mm-hmm. a student work permit. Yeah. And that uh, number is 20, oh, uh, wow. which went up from 16 a few years ago. Right, right. So earning that amount of money in 20 hours per week, uh, which is basically half the usual uh, work time, yeah. is challenging it is it is especially when the startup salary in Mm -hmm. taiwan for a college graduate is like in the upper 20s uh, or lower 30s yeah only upper 20s not even yeah Mm -hmm. right so yeah it can be challenging 50 for for a a grad student i'm calling Uh, it it's impossible uh, maybe it is possible if you're from an english-speaking country and you can teach english at a fancy school somewhere yeah, because be, you're a grad yeah. student someone will pay you extra but yeah. this is it's tough even for people who are objectively privileged in taiwan so, yeah. which means english speakers yeah i know this actually this news is exciting but you know the uh the the, the expectation is pretty challenging i agree so i don't know how they came up with this though um it says that in both categories the minimum pay requirement for permanent residency will be waived if they acquire a level B professional technical technician certificate, which I don't know what that is, but it can be obtained through government approved training courses. Now, that's another long, complicated process that you have to meet in order to even apply for permanent residency. I wonder how they do this. Anyway, the <laughs> residency plan was aimed at relieving Tom's shortage of intermediate skilled manpower. And I figured that much. But uh, I'm just glad that we can, you know, we have a policy to keep the good talents here, foreign talents here in town, like 
Tomash. <laughs> Hopefully, this can be a more attractive program, so that you know Tomash would be willing to stay. <laughs> well, let's let's hope because uh, just this morning I I uh, read part a, a part of an article. I didn't have time to read the whole thing, mm-hmm. but it seems that. Uh, The Taiwanese really aren't earning a whole lot,、uh, yeah. and for a lot of people, the either at or close to minimum wage, their income is not enough to、so、even like buy、themselves. a house.、Yeah. <laughs> not even buy a house. Not just, even just, like, far from it. <laughs> just you know, especially、uh, in Taipei, for for everyday expenses,、yeah. that's not enough.、Um, yeah. So that needs to change in Taiwan. Right.、Uh, the minimum wage and just wages in general need to go up, and then that plan. Could maybe be could possibly, tenable, yeah. yeah. Well,、um, right now we're you know we've got a manpower shortage of about one hundred thirty-one thousand as of twenty twenty-one, and to compound the problem, it says here that neighboring countries like Japan and Singapore are also vying to recruit and retain experienced foreign technical talents, usually while、uh, those who have been trained in Taiwan. That's what it says.、Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we are hoping to come with a more competitive program. Although I'm not quite sure if this is really competitive enough, but well,、um, something has to happen has because some,、yeah, uh, true, otherwise true. there aren't enough Taiwanese being born every year,、uh, yeah. even to to just、uh, sustain the population right, numbers. Right. So,、um, wait, I was supposed to set up a, a, a caption here. Yeah, but、uh, <laughs> it's fine. We, we are、okay. done with the first story,、right. more or less. Well, more、uh, or we'll less, more or less. So,、um, you know,、um, yeah. Uh, I mean, some of the foreign foreign workers are happy to hear about this because they say that,、um, yeah, you're right. It's twelve year limit. It is, and you know they say that、uh, after having worked here for so long, they really find it difficult to like even apply for other jobs in other countries because of their age. So they're really accustomed to working here in Taiwan, and they want to stay on. Oh, I never, you know? I never thought of that aspect.、Um, I mean, you spend twelve years、uh, in a place, and then you go somewhere else. Yeah, you're. You、yeah. might be less employable,、uh, paradoxically,、right. despite、yeah. your twelve years of experience. Yeah, yeah, but、um, but anyway, so there's that. Right now, we have、uh, close to six hundred seventy thousand migrant workers in Taiwan, as of the end of twenty twenty one. Which so, is very a, high a huge number. number. Yes,、uh, it's it's more than the indigenous population of Taiwan.、Uh, oh, you would the, know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the indigenous people, I think, number. Between three hundred and four hundred thousand. Okay. Okay.、Um, it's、uh, it's an old number though. I don't know if it still holds up、yeah. in twenty twenty two. Right. All right. Let's talk about card games. Do you play any card games, Shirley? No. 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 Not even for fun, like、uh, low stakes poker with friends. Um, I. Gosh, what did I try before? <laughs> Only what is that? Solitude. Solitaire. Solitary. Solitaire. Solitaire. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Well, uh, <laughs> Magic the Gathering,、uh, the game that we will be talking about today, is、uh, n- very unlike Solitaire.、Uh, I'm well,、sure. first of all, it's a competitive game that requires two people, and second of all, you can't really invest money in Solitaire. Uh, Real-world money, whereas in Magic: The Gathering, the game、uh, that we are talking about,、uh, you apparently can. Yeah. So,、uh, what does the、uh, the the story、uh, say about this? Oh, right.、Uh, we have to switch to topic、uh, two. Oh yeah, yeah. I just thought I'd do that. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, you're talking about the story here. The, I am talking game, about、huh? the story. All right.、Um, there's、uh, a, a trend in.、Um, Certain 
areas of fandom uh, to collect very rare items. Mm -hmm. uh, and in this particular game, uh, it, it, those are cards, yes. Okay. The way the game works is you buy a starter set and then every so often there are new sets of uh, booster packs. Uh, which is a, a small pack of maybe eight cards. And those cards, those aren't your regular playing cards. They usually have uh, special functions uh, in that particular game. It's two players fighting against each other, sending monsters and creatures and casting oh. spells to attack the other player. Mm -hmm. So certain cards are objectively more powerful than others. And they, those are especially valued by collectors. But the thing is, once when you buy a pack like that, you never know what you're going to get. I see. So some of the more useful cards, some of the more valued cards can uh, reach up to 500,000 US dollars, believe what? it or not. Half a million dollars. For oh. a mint condition, there's one special card, mint condition, first edition, and... I think signed by the creator, one of the creators, uh, that card sold for half a million dollars. Oh my gosh. Um, the person in the story that was interviewed for, for uh, another media outlet said that they bought, uh, he bought another card for 200,000 NT dollars this time. Uh, and, but since he bought it, he got offers that were three times as much. Wow. And he refused to sell it. Oh. Then another card that he bought for, I think, 50000 again, five times the price was offered to him. He still refused. So here we are investing in other things, <laughs> bonds, stock, uh, real estate market, when maybe we should be investing in cards. Oh, my gosh. Really? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> a three times return on investment, a That's five true. times return on investment, that sounds... So Insane. I mean, how, where, where do these people get the money? How can they be so rich and they can have that money to buy these cards? Well, I guess from previous card purchases, <laughs> reinvest oh, the profits. There's got to be someone who starts it. Oh, okay. I guess. Um, oh my goodness! And we're the, talking about people who are probably single, not married yet, and they have that much. Oh, savings. Who knows? Um, that's actually a stereotype that this you know people who are really imagine. into hobbies or gaming are single, sad, lonely people. Wow. A lot of us, because I'm in that category, although I don't collect this particular game, or I really don't like collect things, but I am into gaming. Uh -huh. yeah, some of us are married and have regular jobs and just you know regular oh my people. Well, I remember it kind of took a peek of that story, that article that you, you, you're talking about, where it said that this guy had, you know, like a collection of cards, and then he was like telling his mom to make sure that she doesn't throw away anything. Oh, right, yes. Because if anything that doesn't look significant, it could be something that values quite a lot of money. And I'm thinking, the guy actually was just only warning his mom, but mm -hmm. he didn't really actually, you know, end up having her, his mom throw away a card like that, mm -hmm. right? Okay. There are stories that like is... that. Uh, there are stories of people selling off their, you know, high school or you know, element junior high collection of cards that contains a card that is worth as much as a sports car without knowing it. Um, that is very unlucky if you oh, no. get rid of something like that, and then it turns out to be very, very valuable. Oh no! Oh, I wow. actually have. Uh, I I think I still have uh, those cards from high when school? I was playing the game in high oh, school. Oh really? 
I don't think I had anything particularly uh, valuable. Are so you I sure? You no, better go back. No, I'm not. That's the problem. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> You're not sure. <laughs> because I don't know the game anymore. I don't know oh, what cards right. are valuable and what cards sell at a at a profit. So where are they? They're still at home in Poland. Yeah, I think they're at my mom's house. You better house. tell your mom not to I, throw them away. I should, yeah, because <laughs> she did want to clean up some of the storage areas. <laughs> Uh, and and that's where my cards probably are again. I haven't oh looked goodness. at them since high school. This is unbelievable. I mean, whoever the first person thought of something like this, you know, just to collect these cards that might look insignificant to you know those who are not in the game, to think that it's actually something of value. I yeah. mean, and it's easy to carry around and it's easy to keep, and and yet, wow, this is. Yeah, this world is changing so much that I have I have no idea. <laughs> um, that is true. Yeah, we uh, are seeing some pretty interesting things skyrocket in values. Not just collectibles, but you know things mm-hmm. like NFTs and cryptocurrencies. But that's a story for another day. I guess we have a hello from oh, oh, right. uh, uh, Chinayan Manikam from India, and we also have a hello from Nasir Aziz. Nasir Aziz hello, hello. Yeah, it's been a while. Uh, uh, yeah. Nasir says that he was ill. Um, uh, we oh. hope that you're feeling better. Yeah, certainly hope that you're yeah, feeling better. Um, sorry to hear that, but okay. um, I mean, the fact that you're here, I hope, means that you're feeling fine now. Right. All right, let's <laughs> jump into our third story. All right, my favorite story of the day. <laughs> this is a, a high stakes police investigation story there's everything you want there's drama there's crime there's resolution (laughs) Shirley tell us what's at stake okay so basically there was this guy um, 46 year old man not young uh, Mr. Gu who actually who actually stole two tea eggs and a (laughs) bottle of drink uh, from a convenience store and this happened in Tainan yeah. Let's tell let's tell the good so, people at home what kind of monetary value is attached to two tea eggs and one drink. Well, wait, how much would that be? Uh, uh, the I guess eggs. Each egg is like ten. Nine or ten? They're 10, now ten. Yeah. Ten NT. That would be twenty. Like and then 20, and then okay. a drink is usually twenty nine. So we're talking fifty. Twenty nine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, all right. Most drinks are twenty. Yeah, all right. All right. So we're talking about forty nine. That's fifty for you know easy calculation. Right. Uh, fifty NT dollars, which, which is, is around. Um, well, almost two. Uh, well, th- two years uh, that is just over a dollar, a US dollar. Like it's it's, yeah, so, one sixty or something. Right. Yeah, something <laughs> like that. Something like that. So it's really you know very incentive, not not of great value. But the uh, the store manager at first he was thinking that, oh my gosh, you know I'm short of two eggs and a drink, and so should I call the police, or should I run over to the police station and report this? Mm-hmm. Then he thought of a an app um, online group, which is a, the most popular social app group, uh, a social app called Line. And he thought of that that there's a group there. Uh, it's it kind of connects to the police mm-hmm. department, uh, as well as in the group is there's also nearby banks, um, nearby convenience stores, restaurants, B and Bs, the schools, and the neighborhood chief. You know, it's like everybody's in this group. And so apparently because of this group and thanks to this group, 
um, the police caught the man in two hours mm-hmm. after watching surveillance camera and then you know help from everybody in the group. I I, I couldn't imagine. But of course, first of all, it was like, come on, just with two eggs and a drink. But I mean, if you times ten or a hundred of that, sure. you know, it can be a loss to the store manager. So yeah, of course, <laughs> uh, I, theft is theft. Uh, yes, I, I'm just right. I'm just wondering if this is the best use of police time. <laughs> I know <laughs> investigating the uh, uh, theft of items worth a dollar and a half. <laughs> right now, you do know that you know we get a lot of stories like this, um, mm-hmm. um, talking about how friendly the police are, how efficient they are. You know, um, and, and catching thieves, or even just not catching thieves, even even it's just being very nice-hearted. You know, um, policemen helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, there's so many of those kind of stories like this. Oh yeah, I I have a few of my own. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I think I told you about how I I lost my wallet uh, in a, left it in a cab on my way home one night. I'm not sure if you told me. Maybe it was. I, I think else. I, I told remember. my our really? listeners, okay. but uh, just in case. Uh, yeah. Our listeners didn't catch it the first time. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll give you a brief rundown. Uh, I uh, was in a cab one night. I got home. I realized that I had left my wallet in the cab after I got out. Yeah. I started chasing down the cab, but it was too late. Right. Uh, I mean, I wasn't able to get to it in time. Uh, I got home. I sat down. I started wondering who I should call first. Should I call my bank? Should I call the police? Should I call my representative office here? Uh, and then before I actually made the first phone call, there was a knock on the door. Really? I opened the door and well, I have to say that there was a reason I was coming home in a cab at like 1 a.m. in the morning. Okay. I went to a bar before okay. then and had, a, and had a few drinks. Uh-huh. Uh, it was a live music event with a lot of friends. So I was in a pretty, let's oh. just say, happy mood. Okay. Uh, but I opened the door and I see four police officers crammed into a tight, like, very narrow corridor right in front of my door. What? And I, my first reaction, because, you know, I, I did not grow up in Taiwan. So my first reaction at seeing four uniformed police officers is a little bit of panic. Like, oh, what did I do? <laughs> and then I remembered the wallet. And, uh-huh. and they immediately asked me, are, are you uh, so-and-so? Uh, yeah. They use my Chinese name. You're like, yes. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, have have you lost a wallet tonight? I have. Uh-huh. Oh, great. Can you follow us to the police station on a scooter or in a car? And I said, no, because there's a reason I took a yeah. cab tonight. <laughs> to which they said, okay, no problem. We'll give you a ride. Yeah. And they actually gave me a ride in the police car. Right. Uh, there was five of us there <clears throat> because there was four of them. Uh, but luckily, it was like a spacious SUV. They they got me to the police station. They gave me back my wallet. Everything was there, uh, mm. including cash, okay. which was surprising. Yeah. Uh, someone, I don't know, who took a little bit out uh, as a finder's fee, but okay. I, I think that's fair. I mean, I... Oh. Okay. Although that's also just what I think happened because, like I said, I had been drinking. <laughs> uh-huh. Wow. And then well, also, how much longer after you got out the cab and found that your wallet was gone? Uh, that was uh, within 10, of- 15 minutes. That was, it was very fast. That's that's why I, okay. I bring it up. I, I just literally sat down, yeah. started thinking who I should call first, started <laughs> oh, yeah, panicking right. a little bit, right. and then there was okay. a knock on the door. Oh, wow. Um, and also after the whole uh, ordeal, they gave me back my wallet and then said, you know what, don't take a cab back because you might lose your wallet again. We'll <laughs> give you a ride. And then oh. they they gave me a ride back home. Yeah. Oh, I see. No, no. Oh, my goodness. It was wow, crazy. That is a very sweet, heartwarming story. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, yeah. police in Taiwan are just the nicest, I guess. Oh, my gosh. And four of them, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
Well, that's all the time we have for here in Taiwan. Um, sadly, I took up uh, most of our discussion time with my police story. Yeah. Um, but um, that hopefully illustrated how insanely safe Taiwan is. Uh, yeah, that's um, true. Once again, uh, this was here in Taiwan. I am Tomasz Koper. And I'm Shirley Lin. Stick around for another 50 minutes of cool language programming, including Shirley Lin's uh, own Jukebox Republic. Bye. Bye. You're just tuned into Jukebox Republic. I'm Shelley Lin. I am going to talk about going to a museum a couple weeks ago.、Uh, I haven't been to museums in a long time. It's actually the Museum of Failure. Yes, failure. Been dying to go since hearing about it. It actually is a museum that started, I guess, in Sweden, but、um, because it was founded by a Swedish guy, and it made its rounds to many cities around the world. But it's the first time here in Taipei, and I just had to check it out. So I did、uh, on my birthday. I asked my husband to take me there. Well, let's、uh, go to a song first. Well, talking about failures, I look for songs about failures. This is called 失败之作失败 stands for failure. The works of failure by Wang Lanying. 旧的日子要暂时先穿着还好的，我尽量让自己快乐。今天当一个失败者，人生不都是这样开始？想要怎样的生活？生活不要那样多，春节里只有一堆提不出来的梦、哦。感情春节一个经过，经不住疯狂冲动，为何我在流逝的岁？
尽量让自己快乐。今天当一个失败者，人生不都是这样开始的？转来转去又回这里了，曾经买不回我失去的。晨光阴要好好活着，也是的。谁说人一定要成功的？最重要是自己的长生。如果这都不像是奢，我还算什么？There was a line in there that says, "Who says you have to succeed?" Makes a lot of sense. This song is 失败之作 Ah,、uh, the works of failure by Wang Lanying, along with、uh, Chen Zhichao. You're listening to Jukebox Republic. I'm Shirley Lin, and、uh, I'm talking about、uh, my visit to the Museum of Failure. Um, so, for those who don't know, Museum of Failure is an exhibit of failed products and services. The main purpose is for people to see important role of failure in innovations. That it's okay to fail and not to be embarrassed by failures, and so that people can learn from failures. So it was founded by a guy from Sweden, and it has since exhibited at many different places around the world. When I first learned about it, I wanted to go. I told some college students in my church that they should go because it would be valuable experience for them at an age when they're afraid to make mistakes. Well, I mean, it's good for junior high school students and above. Well, someone said college students wouldn't be able to afford the admissions fee because it's too much, and I actually said, "Well, I'm willing to pay for them." And there are three college students in、uh, the sector that I'm in at the church, so、um, I said, you know, they have no excuse for missing such a great opportunity. Anyway, I finally went with my husband and my son on my birthday because I asked for it. We went on a Saturday, so there were quite a lot of people, but not too many. It wasn't too crowded.、Um, they tried to control the crowd because of COVID. I wasn't really into technology or electronic devices, so I skipped over those. I mean, even if I looked at those, I probably wouldn't be, know how to appreciate them. There was actually a line for every category, almost. I just got in line for those I found interesting. So let me just recollect ones that really stuck in my mind. Now I want to make a note here that I'll be recollecting from memory. So please don't quote me. I didn't exactly take pictures of everything I saw, so I'm just remembering things from memory. So the place was situated at a warehouse. Uh, that was transformed into an exhibition hall at the Songshan Recreational and Cultural Park. It's like one of、uh, two really popular cultural sites in Taipei for years now.、Um, the exhibit wasn't very big, maybe less than a hundred items at the Failure Museum, a museum of failure.、Um, first was this big inflated orange stick man sticking out of a car window like a sore thumb to let the drivers behind the car know that it stalled. You know, it broke down. And that it's waiting for the tow truck to come or something like that. So instead of those, you know,、uh, those triangles, like、um, orange-colored triangles that you place on the ground in front, of, well, behind a car to let you know drivers behind your car that、uh, you know there's accident or accident ahead or that your car broke down. But usually, you know, people can't really see it. 
So I thought it's a good idea that they got this inflated, you know, stick man, uh, orange colored too, coming out of the window. I think people can definitely see it and、uh, stop in time. But、um, apparently nobody bought it, so it was a sore failure. I might have bought one, but it probably would have taken forever to inflate it, right? Anyway, there was another thing. It was like this pair of yellow rollerblade-like thing. Uh, very clumsy looking, looking like the tracks of a,、uh, you know, of a, a tank,、uh, of a tank, you know, like military tank. Those, yeah, tanks, right? Anyway, so it was meant to be used on grass, and it was supposedly to be able to train ice skaters in countries where they lack actual ice rinks for training.、Uh, it was. It, it turned out to be very dangerous, and some people have hurt themselves. And I don't remember exactly, but I could be wrong. But I think they stopped production of it only after someone died from you know wearing it. And anyway, so and then there was one really famous one. It was a massage mask for the face. It's this huge, ugly, skin-colored hard mask. I think that you plug in, I think, or with batteries, and it's got holes for the eyes and the mouth. And it was all with good intentions, like you know, it was even endorsed by a famous American TV star. But、uh, supposedly, it made people feel like ants were crawling all over your face when it sends these electric shocks throughout your face. So it was a big flop. Oh yeah, and there was a Harley Davidson's、um, perfume for men, I think. It it just showed the box and the Harley Davidson, you know, like perfume bottle. So it wasn't anything significant, but、uh, apparently, like you, how can you relate Harley Davidson, you know, the this、um, you know heavy motorcycle with perfume? I mean, what would we, what would it be? You know, what's the what, what would you smell? So that's a failed one, and that was there.、Um, anyway, then oh, I think this is a good one. Oh wait. Before I get to that, maybe I should play another song. Here's another one: "Proud Failed Failure." Proud failed guy. 骄傲的失败者 by Li Weiqing.
是骄傲的，你是骄傲的，这失败。Okay, so this next one is a good one. It's actually、uh, Colgate, this toothpaste brand, right? Well, it came up with frozen lasagna. You're going what? Why on earth would they have even thought of something like that? Honestly, the picture of the lasagna on the box looks so scrumptious. I would have bought it if it weren't for the huge word Colgate printed above it. Okay, on the on the box. Okay. Then there was Coca Cola that came out with a clear soda drink. It didn't work out, and it was before Sprite came out. So if they had waited longer, maybe it would have worked. Anyway, sometimes someone else's failure can become another person's success. That's what I learned, and、um, it's so true. Because there was also a special exhibit for adults only, and it had said something about someone who did an experiment, and、uh, he overheated it or something, and he thought he failed, so he tossed it out. But later, someone else picked up on it and became what we know today as women's nylon stockings. Unbelievable, right? I do have another song、uh, about failure. 失败的 um, those who failed by Fan Xiaoxuan. This should be a fun one because she always comes up with really fun songs.
清楚，要赚多少钱才会满足？为什么还觉得很孤独？哦哦哦 ，Spiderman， 越来越糊涂的技术 ，Man and Sherry round the glue， 每个女孩你都想照顾。哦。There's also a bicycle made of acrylic, I think. Great idea for the lightness, you know, and lightweight, and maybe environmental. But it cracked upon weight, and after being exposed to sunlight,、um, so not exactly my style of bicycle. Really, I prefer my neon green giant bike. Yes, giant. That's a Taiwan brand. But sadly, I haven't been riding it for years. There were some medical inventions, but too gruesome to describe here. Oreo, you know the. The chocolate、um, cookies.、Uh, so they came out with many, many flavors, like watermelon flavored. Can you believe it? That sounds gross, right? You have no idea how many different flavors, like weird flavors, they came up with. The worst, and I think the most ridiculous to me, and I took a picture of it, <laughs> is this golf club, and to which the handle part you can pee into it. You know how it is, right? The golf course is usually huge with 18 holes and nowhere to pee. Well, it came with a, it came with a towel as well to cover yourself as you do it as you pee. 
The caption on the side explained that so it would look like you're pondering over your next shot as you lean on your golf club and pee into the handle part. Great intentions, I'd have to say, but thinking about carrying around that pee with you for 18 courses? Oh, and how can I forget two failed products that still ended up in Hollywood movies, like the fancy sports car in Back to the Future and this pirate-looking-like ship that was used in this Pirates movie with Johnny Depp instead. So my conclusion, someone's failure can be someone else's success. That person, the latter person, would appreciate the former person for coming up with the basis, you know, for his success. So whoever came, first came up with the idea is already a success. And the other thing I learned is that most are just too expensive on a cost that they had to give up. But I'm sure they were all with good intentions. I mean, isn't that so with new inventions like Tesla? Now it's slightly cheaper with a spike in demand. I'm seeing it everywhere now on Taipei streets, really. How long should one persevere before giving up? I don't know. I don't think there's an answer. But the thing is never to fret at failures. I'm also talking to myself about this because I'm someone who kind of hate to fail in front of people. I don't like to play competitive games because I don't like to embarrass myself in front of people. I like to be sure of things before I even take the first step. So what did the trip to the museum teach me? It's okay to fail. It's okay to make a fool of yourself in front of the people. I don't know. People can actually respect you for trying. They, uh, they might laugh a little, but in the end, they will definitely respect you for it. Well, that's it for Jukebox Republic. I'm Shirley Lin. And one last song about failures. 我的失败与伟大, My Failures and, and Greatness by Liu Ruoying. Go, go.
什么我爱你，不能够让你明白，到头来要离开。谢谢你让我明白，最失败。Thank you for tuning in to Radio Taiwan International, Taiwan's national broadcaster. We hope you enjoyed our programs. You can catch all of our latest news, audio, and video features on our website at en.rti.org.tw. Again, go to our website en.rti.org.tw for engaging news, videos, and programs about Taiwan. If you like to hang out on social media, RTI is there too. Our Facebook URL is Radio Taiwan International. And you can watch our engaging video features, including the weekly news magazine program Taiwan Insider, on our YouTube channel, RTI English. Again, our YouTube channel is RTI English. For those who enjoy the Twitter sphere, our handle for Taiwan Insider is at Taiwan Insider. For RTI English, it's at Radio Taiwan underscore ENG. And if you'd like to enjoy us on your smartphone, just download our app RTI to go. That's one of the best ways to enjoy all our news, videos, and programs. That's RTI to go. If you're a shortwave listener, we have two channels in Asia. For South Asia, tune into 6100 kilohertz from 1600 to 1700 UTC. To Southeast Asia, you can hear us on 15320 kilohertz from 0300 to 0400 UTC. We would love to know what you think of our programs. Email us at English at rti.org.tw. Thank you again for tuning in to Radio Taiwan International. Music